Hello and welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're at home, on your way to work, or at the gym, we hope you enjoy this episode. And a special welcome to our Crux Club Early Access members. You can learn more about that at crux-club.com. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, Wayne. How are you doing, sir? Great. Nice to see you again. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, we only, we only talked recently, but uh, what a day. What a few weeks since we spoke. Um Interesting times to be in uranium, isn't it? Yeah, well, who knew um, when the Nuclear Fuel Working Group report would come out? Uh, I think we had some some idea in, in recent days that it was pending, but uh, even as 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 early as um, this morning, people were asking me, is it really coming out? Is it going to be the day that we finally see the Nuclear Fuel Group report? And we did. Okay, so I need to know. Do you think it's a positive report? Because the market doesn't seem to. It is. Uh, it absolutely is. It shows um, exactly the intent of, of the executive branch of the U.S. government to develop policies and and implement um, very comprehensive and government-wide uh, initiatives to support uh, not just the front end of the nuclear fuel cycle, but um, you know, the nuclear energy utilities as well. But you know, Phil, it kind of reads like a wish list rather than something that's actually going to get delivered in an election year. Do you think they are serious about this? I do. Uh, I think that uh, what you have to discern here is that a lot of things are policy. And who's, who sets the U.S. government policy? It's the executive branch of the United States, the president and and his branch of government. That's where we see policy from uh, the United States. Uh, you know, a lot of people are wondering, you know, when the when the president uh, uh, proposed the $150 million for purchase of fuel in his budget um, or for uranium in his budget, and I said, well, that's a long time waiting, isn't it? And it is because... You know, his budget has to be approved by Congress. But policy is his actions, his departments. So much of what's contained in the Nuclear Fuel uh, Working Group Strategy Report is, is uh, government policy that can uh, be implemented by the executive branch uh, on its own independently. So what's your message to the market who have not reacted that positively to the news? I think there was a expectation that a lot of things have gone on in the past few weeks to get people excited. Lots of events, uh, Cigar Lake, the Kazatom Prom, COVID-19 affecting you know um, output and production all around the world. And they saw this as the moment, the defining moment, which was finally given clarity as to what's going to happen in the, in the uh, certainly for the U- US nuclear fuel yeah. cycle. But it, it didn't go far enough for some. There's no numbers. There's no timing. There's no names. It's just generic general policy ideas at the moment. This is exactly what we were were expecting and hoping for. In fact, so much of it was known in advance. Um, you know, the, with the government, uh, with the with the president's budget proposal, we already knew that the Department of Energy was going to be charged with buying fuel. So, um, you know, seeing the more esoteric uh, uh, policy initiatives around the Russia, Russian suspension agreement and, you know, other, other initiatives, uh, it, it may not be as um, meaningful to, to the people who, 
who don't do this live and breathe it every day. But these these policy issues and these policy matters are exactly what we need to put um, the you know, nuclear energy back into prominence in the United States to, to regain some of the leadership that, that our nation has lost over time. So uh, my message really is that uh, this is not a disappointment. This is the delivery of expectations and hopes. Okay, so tell me this: um, the Russian suspension agreement. We've heard a f you know few variants on what people would like to do, how they would like to deal with that from you know, end of this year, December thirty first. It finishes. End of. Others are looking perhaps to renegotiate it and maybe phase that suspension agreement out over a period of time, indeterminate at the moment. They've also uh, name-checked China in there. So the U.S. government has just uh, got in a heavyweight fight with the other two main players globally in this space. How do you think they're going to react? Well, uh, we've been relying on Russia to supply nuclear fuel into the United States for a long time, and, and our utilities uh, have... Um, strong commercial relationships with the Russian companies who supply. Um, that's not uh, changing. You know, the Russian suspension agreement put a cap on how much uh, fuel could come into the United States in any given year. It was 20 percent. Um, that agreement expires uh, at the end of this year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the recommendation of the the uh, nuclear fuel working group that that the agreement not be allowed to expire expire but be extended, and perhaps um, you know further limitations be put on how much fuel comes into the United States. I think we have a long ways to go before that's fully resolved. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of parties interested in in the outcome of it, um, but extending the Russian suspension agreement even at the current levels is is a a significant boost to the uh, front end of the nuclear fuel cycle here in the United States, where uh, you know we need to have uh, greater access to uh, market share. Uh, we'd like to have the opportunity to to participate at the levels that the you know foreign nations do. Uh, oddly, American suppliers don't supply 20% of the nuclear fuel uh, into the United States. But the um, you know under the Russian suspension agreement, the Russians are guaranteed twenty percent. Okay, let's let's shy away from the the macro story because that's not what your shareholders, not what our listeners want to talk about. They want to talk about what you think this means for uranium miners, U.S. uranium miners, yourself specifically. What are you reading into what you're seeing here? And maybe conversations that you're having outside of this, um, you know, up, leading up into this announcement and in the next few weeks. Well, look, this is a breath of fresh air for us. Uh, you know, really, if you look at the U.S. Uh, uranium production industry, which I'm uh, a part of, uh, you know, maybe and people have dug a hole and, and stuck us in the coffin and buried us already. Uh, yesterday, in my view, somebody lifted the lid of the coffin and realized we do have a pulse and we're still breathing, uh, and and that we can come out of this. Uh, there is a there is a pathway for us uh, to build um, production ca capacity back up. There's a pathway for us to 
uh, enjoy uh, uh, reasonable market prices for our product here in the United States. And very importantly, for companies like Peninsula, uh, look, we already have a contract book. We already have contracts that we intend to deliver into and, and are set for deliveries out to the year 2030. So let us uh, supplement uh, that contract book with additional contracts of modest and reasonable uh, quantities, um, you know, selling to the government for the government's identified needs. And, uh, you know, suddenly we become a, a, you know, a stronger producer, you know, producing at greater rates and at lower unit costs and, and the vitality of our company and the vitality of our industry as a whole are, are reinvigorated. Okay, so but, but here's the, the question is, you know, so what's changed? What are you going to do next? Who are you picking up the phone to off the back of this report? Are there discussions planned? Do you know how you start this uh, journey along this, uh, on this path to where it is that you, you want to go, whatever, wherever you think that path is going? What happens next? Well, eventually, uh, we, we're going to presume that the, the Department of Energy is going to start uh, building the uranium reserve. They're going to uh, fund the purchases that they proposed. And, uh, you know, today, Secretary Brillette, in a briefing, um, informed us that, you know, they're going to look for a broad and inclusive process to, so, to select the suppliers. Um, you know, I think that Secretary Brillette can count higher than two, and it's not just two companies that are going to be um, uh, involved in, in supplying uh, uranium for the government. It's really just based on that statement alone. Um, you know, they're going to have a broad and inclusive process. Uh, so, you know, the next step is really to, to see the implementation of this process begin. It's really nice to have light uh, shed on what the process is going to look like. Uh, for everybody now, it's, it's going to become an implementation of the planning and, and the works that, that we've all been preparing for for some time. You know, we've had the foreshadowing, we've had the foresight of what this could look like. What we got today was, um, you know, the full unveiling of what it is. Okay. Then, you know, I know, I know you're fine uh, with regards to um, cash. You've got your contracts in place. You've got your project. You're ready, you're ready to go when you can get financed. But you must be you must be nervous about the timing of all of this. It must, you know, you want some certainty over this, don't you? So when when I when I asked you what happens next, um, I'm trying to actually work out what's your sense of the timing on when it has any meaningful impact on your business, your ability to transact, ability to sell. Um, you know your, you know your uranium to the U.S. government. Have you any idea? Oh, yeah, straight, uh, straight. To be straight with you, um, you know the if if we're going to be uh, looking at um, the government purchases starting in the government's fiscal year of 2021, you know we're we're not transacting in 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, the government may put in in place, or, or the Department of Energy may put in some some limited buying opportunities in in 2020, and uh, you know for those companies that do have inventory, they you know they may be able to participate in that. Uh, Peninsula has been blessed to be able to sell our production into high cost or, or high excuse me high priced 
uh, contracts, you know, above above the spot market throughout um, time, and we're not carrying a, a inventory waiting to find the the price that uh, we we need because we have the contracts in place already. So you know, if there is 2020 buying, it's it's um, not something that we'll be able to offer into. But uh, you know, our game plan is is really to you know keep keep our uh, finger on the pulse of, of where this is going and, and prepare our project to uh, resume production and have material available for sale in 2021 and beyond. So you're not, you can't drive the process, you can't affect the process, you're, you're in a waiting game. You're kind of out of control, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I think that's that's fair. I mean, we can, we can have conversations, we can make sure that we're always, uh, you know, having a seat at the table. Um, and uh, we do that. We do that all the time. Uh, we do that behind the scenes. Um, uh, but uh, you know, look, you know, that's that's our job. We're going to make sure we have a seat at the table when the opportunities are there, and and that we're part of that conversation. Okay. So your message to your shareholders and others is: this is a good report. It's good for uranium miners. It's good for the uranium U.S. nuclear uh, cycle, and. They should just be patient. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Ex it, it's more than just well, be, you know, be patient. You should you should accept that this is a very good report and it is a very good outcome for the in industry. Uh, they should be excited about the outcome. It's more than just patience. But you know, now we have light on the subject. Now we know. Uh, what the government uh, thinks needs to be done, and what they, you know, what policies and pathways and strategies that, that our government is going to pursue um, in in support of the nuclear fuel cycle, in support of the uranium miners and the conversion industry, and the other participants who, uh, like Peninsula, are developing additional technologies and and working to enhance the, you know, the the technology of uranium recovery in the United States. Uh, enhance the the use of nuclear energy in the United States. Uh, it's just a fantastic message to to hear the government all in on support uh, for nuclear energy, from uh, cradle to grave. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, and it's exciting. You're excited. Let me ask you one last question. The market has moved a lot since we did our interview. You know, we're up around thirty two and a half bucks from sort of, you know, late 20s, I think, maybe when we spoke. So it, it's moved, and it moved off the back of, obviously, closures at uh, indeterminate period at Cigar Lake, uh, Prom effects all over uh, the world through COVID-19, as I think we mentioned earlier. So the, the prices moved. The supply-demand fundamentals moved, moved that. People were getting nervous. Utilities were getting nervous. Do you think that this report, the lack of detail uh, in this report, the lack of numbers, the lack of you know certainty over timing is going to arrest that growth in the spot price, or do you think it's going to be business as usual tomorrow and next week? Uh, in the uranium spot market and in the uranium market uh, generally, it, it is going to be business as usual. Uh, I think the, the rise that we've seen since we last spoke uh, is a long time coming. It, it was something that was building, you know, production hasn't been meeting uh, demand for a long, long time. And then, you know, with the advent of the, of the 
impacts of the COVID-19 virus, um, uh, companies sensibly and countries sensibly shut down their uranium mines for a period of time, took supply, future supply out of the market. Uh, the rebalancing that we've been waiting for has really happened. Uh, and I don't think that uh, there's going to be a, a dramatic slip backwards. I think that the, the market can continue to advance forward and, and the prices continue to improve uh, because uh, inventories have been thin. Everybody knows that. Um, you know, producer inventories are thin. Utility inventories in the United States and in Europe are uh, known to be thin. Uh, you know, it, and when mines that supply into the spot market are shut down or reduced in their capacity, uh, you know, there's just nowhere to get extra inventory other than to push the market uh, price up and see what supply becomes more liquid in the market. So that's what we're testing today is we're going to, we're going to see, um, you know, what price points bring more supply into the market. And we have to be patient um, because, uh, you know, companies and countries are uh, keeping an eye on the health and well-being of their citizens and their employees. And, uh, you know, uranium mining is, is important, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, but it can wait a little bit when there's inventory. So uh, I think we're going to see the market continue to uh, advance um, nicely forward. I think we could see prices 35 to, to $40 in, in the near term. And uh, who knows where it goes from there. So who are the, who are the immediate winners in that scenario? The immediate winners. Uh, yeah, the people who have purchased or, or obtained material uh, inexpensively and held on to it. Uh, those are the guys who can can enjoy the uh, the fruits of, of uh, sales at, at higher prices. Uh, in the longer term, it is the companies, the producers, uh, you know, who've been uh, waiting uh, patiently on the sidelines uh, for the opportunity to see the markets heal. Uh, we're you know we're there. The markets are healing. The, the markets are better than they used to be, and and I think they'll continue to be better. So, this gives us the opportunity to make the investment decisions, to resume production, um, to put our minds in uh, into production and produce uranium at price points that are profitable. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming. We've been waiting for that, and and I think the U.S. government's uh, nuclear fuel working group report supplements that narrative. That that supplements the uh, the market uh, shifts that we've been observing uh, in the last month or so. It's exciting times, Wayne. It's exciting times. I suspect there's going to be more news next week. Um, pick up the phone and let us know if you hear anything, because uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And um, we'll speak to you again soon. Appreciate the time. And uh, you go out and have a nice evening, Matt. Thanks very much. Cheers. <laughs>